Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. We've been um, on a bit of a Star Star Trek kick these days for multiple reasons. More to come on some of the more details on that later. But when we had a friend of the show, Emily Kerr Boss on, Mm-hmm. We got up talking a bit about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, she sent a message. Yeah. Talking about the fact that she and um, her partner, Epi, were interested in doing some Star Trek and would love to talk about it. So, I mean, who are we to deny That's right. any opportunity to talk to, talk to, to neat people? That's yeah. right. And, and Star Talking, Trek, right. And neat people and what neat people plus Star Trek equals obvious. Good time. Episodes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and it turns out there's some, um, what do you call it? Geographical connections too, that we'll talk about mm-hmm. in the episode because, or that we'll hear about because, um, Happy comes from the area. Yep. So, and even a little bit when we did the interview, I I noticed he had um, one of the original releases, a Pendragon, um, <laughs> the the Chaosium game, which just recently came out with a new yeah, isn't that cool? Starter set, yeah. So, mm. um, it actually actually turns out to be just a really cool conversation. Uh, I don't know what what your thoughts are. It was okay. No, I'm kidding. Aww. It was Aww. no it. It, I think, I think, no, I mean, em, Emily and Epi, I hope know better. I think they do. It was, it was such a nice, relaxed, interesting conversation. Like, like, first of all, you know, Emily, thank you for offering to come back, like mm-hmm. reaching out to us. Uh, Epi, thank you for indulging her and us. Um, you know, so much of what we do on Dyson Mind is interviews. And and this mm-hmm. this was, of course, an interview. We were picking the brains of Emily and Epi, and you, you're all going to hear that in a few minutes. But uh, just the dynamic of it, the experience of it, um, it was just, it was like sitting down and just chatting, right? It was one of the few that didn't feel like you and I, Brad, were conducting an interview of sorts, but we were just going to shoot the bull. And like you said, there were enough overlaps in our respective geographies, interests, whatever. It, it's just a fun listen. And in fact, even though we had agreed, hey, let's have you back. Let's have you both here so that we can talk about Star Trek Adventures. And this will surprise none of our regular longtime listeners. Uh, we totally got off topic and and oh, yeah. really just and went it was totally, good it was good it went totally like yeah. i said it was just a really fun rpg and adjacent conversation it's the type of conversations that when we right if you go back to our earliest um episodes that's right um we didn't really do interviews and, and we started shelly mazanoble was our first thank yep. you shelly again thank you shelly and um I think we kind of that was our original thought was we would get people on and we would just talk about whatever came up and this was actually a um template for it. So um yeah, yeah absolutely had a great time. Um you know and this is dropping 
Um, for those of you, you'll be listening to this right after Gen Con ends. So hopefully you'll be in of a gaming um, mindset. And I think this will not disappoint in terms of keeping that going. Just point of correction for our more devoted listeners. You were, look, you were looking at something and smiling at me. So I'm waiting to see if I broke a wall or broke something. Uh, well, nothing that can't be spackled. So okay. Shelly was not our first interview. We actually, this is going back. This is going back. We actually had our friends Brian, then Dr. Aaron, then Professor Rob as our first interviews, and then the wonderful Jeff Ashworth. But I think why... Okay, well... Hold on, hold on. I think why we think of Shelley um, as a bit of a first is she was the first person we interviewed with her professional like presence and scope right well we neither neither of us knew her no exactly did i, did I just double negative that no, um, no that was good no yeah. yeah um you knew rob well actually no no, no. jeff ashworth we didn't jeff know. we didn't know but we yeah. knew him through his writing but yeah. jeff jeff was so gracious about coming and god that was such a good talk and we're just fans of his books and of, of everything out of, of out of out of his his um his publishing house what is uh uh, uh media help me out here media i, I want to say know, media lab to... but they just keep churning out more and more that i see in the local bookstores but i think shelly was a shelly shelly so she's just so well, charismatic and and and, talk about, and, but... and no offense but we don't count you dr aaron and we definitely don't count you brian so yeah. Rob, don't worry. You are totally legitimate. You you are legitimate. You count. Yeah. You, you and count. Jeff were totally Jeff legit. Count, Shelly count. Don't know Aaron. how Brian and Aaron got on the show, but we're yeah, working I don't, to yeah. correct that. Yeah. Right. So we'll figure that out at some point or another. So now as we take our feet out of our respective mouths, we should get over to You're the You're just interview. lucky that we kept this in rather than Jason editing it out. So I just don't have the time. So we're I, keeping it all in. Okay. Or, <laughs> or maybe time or energy. Yeah, so yeah. I just don't care anymore. No, but um, we, we let's hop over to our to our chat because I think as you'll all hear, our discussion with Emily and Epi was like you were saying, Brad. It it does kind of harken back to the first early episodes of the podcast where we're just hanging around talking about these neat things. But courtesy of Emily and Epi, you and I were also learning along the way this time, and. Those of you out there in, in podcast land didn't have to only listen to the two of us. So win-win for everyone, really. Everybody, yeah, absolutely. Emily Care Boss is an independent role-playing game designer publisher and a conservationist living on the land of the Wabanaki Downland Confederacy in western Massachusetts of the United States. Emily's designs include Breaking the Ice, Shooting the Moon, and Under My Skin, which won the Player's Choice Auto Award at Festival in 2009. These games were published in a single-volume compendium with additional hacks and mods as the Romance Trilogy in 2016 and earned a nomination for the Diana Jones Award for Excellence in Gaming in 2017. An early participant at the Forge Forums and a proponent of independent publishing, Emily founded JiffyCon in 2006, a role-playing game convention showcasing independent and small press games. Epidiah Ravichal, whom we all know as Epi, in addition to his writing in Dread, is the over-editor of and a contributor to Sword and Sorcery Easy in Worlds Without Master, 
as well as the creator of other games like Vast and Starlet, a game of interstellar crime that fits in your wallet, Time and Temp, Adventures in History and Underemployment, and What is a Role-Playing Game, the game his mom has used to successfully explain the hobby to his aunt, which in turn may be the proudest moment of his life. Learn more about these and his other projects at Dig a Thousand Holes Publishing. This is one of those, I think, growingly rare times where we have a guest on the show and they're actually willing to come back, Chase. Yeah, um, I thought about so, that. So, yeah, it, 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 we, we had recently Emily Kerboss on us. Emily, thank you for joining oh, no us problem. again. Lovely. And um, we were talking offline yeah. and um, we also have with us um, Epi Ravishaw because we were talking about gaming Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. kind of became a, a larger conversation. We thought, well, why don't we just come back and do an episode where we're just talking about gaming and Star Trek and whatever may come to mind. So um, thank you for being if, here, not under duress, but voluntarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of good things. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So yeah. if you don't mind, if we don't mind just backtracking a little bit, how did you both um, connect? Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell the story or, or should I? Sure, sure. Back when we were little teeny tiny wet uh, behind the ears gaming designers in the early 2000s, um, we both liked to run around and uh, hang out with other folks who did it too. And it was weird at the time. Nobody really, you know, was very unusual. And so we uh, ended up um, meeting uh, through communities that would get together at conventions um mm -hmm. and then you know we'd go to gen con and we'd you know play all night after we're exhausted from being at a booth all day and then have no sleep and then you know <laughs> be red-eyed and bleary selling our games to other people and then um i i really loved that that after con experience so i brought it home with me and we had a tiny little con here in western mass um called that we called jiffy con because it was very quick so mm -hmm. i thought game you know we can have a game in a jiffy and um uh and epi was living in new york and had some friends who had heard about this in western mass and so he came up I with one newly transplanted in new york a friend of mine was like we're going to jiffy con it's in massachusetts i i moved to new york from wisconsin so i was like oh where, where in wisconsin Oh, uh, I lived in Appleton and Madison and Green Bay. All, so all from Fond du Lac. Oh, okay. Yeah. From Oconomowoc. Right. From Oconomowoc oh, okay. in, in oh. Milwaukee right now. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oconomowoc is literally my favorite town to name. Like it just is <laughs> so fun to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was, when we were kids, my grandparents, this is embarrassing. My grandparents would dress my brother and I up with Oconomowoc shirts when we would road trip wow. to Texas or wherever. Wow. And they would ask people to try to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause, cause it's O C O N O M O W O C. It's, it's land of the falling waters. It's, it's native. But how would region. you pronounce it locally? Well, kind of oh. Oh. oh, I thought it was more like a Kanoac. No. That's how I tell people. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. that's just ridiculous. No, it's kind of it's it's more it's more pronounced where it's like an O apostrophe kind of walk. So it's oh, kind of like, like it's Irish. Yeah, like You know. Yeah. So, oh, that's okay, funny sorry. That didn't mean to. Yeah, didn't mean to. But you no, can't just fine. say that. Okay, so is, you were from Wisconsin. Fond du Lac is it? Um, 
Chimera what? Games was that? You, you yes, Lantas? that's exactly yes. right. Yeah, I've I've played in magic tournaments there. Oh my god, that oh, oh that that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that takes me back too. So as so, people are listening to this, we didn't know this until just right. No, no, now. this is, yeah, this yeah. is great. <laughs> so when I was in in uh, New York, I just just uh, maybe like uh, two years earlier moved to New York and uh, and my friend was like we're gonna go up to massachusetts let's get in the car and i knew that massachusetts was two states away like i know you yeah. from new york city to connecticut to massachusetts when you live in wisconsin two states away it's right it's a hike yeah like this was like a a, a nap like I just i yeah. just got <laughs> so it was nice i just wanted to add that in there because i was i was but very totally surprised true. by how yeah how quick we got up there yeah yeah it's um what brought you to new york uh that's that's a very good question well i mean essentially i had uh what's that it wasn't wisconsin well yeah, yeah. i mean i was gonna say it, you got out of appleton but yeah, most people yeah. leaving appleton don't make it as far yeah. as new york well houdini did uh, <laughs> yeah. no or did he go the other way i can't i can never remember so did the, uh who was uh uh william defoe did and, yes um <laughs> oh that's uh, right tony shalhoub tony shalhoub as well yeah, yeah. oh good oh. job yeah tony shalhoub was uh out of green bay right like i think it was, yes um, right. yeah nice. yeah and willem defoe was appleton i think i think yeah. he, <laughs> This, this yeah. is great. This is Amazing. this is a sorry. I, I no, apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, this is great. Hey, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, what what essentially happened was uh, I ran out of roommates in Green Bay, and uh, they you know they all went off and did their own thing. And a friend of mine who was living in uh, a friend of mine from Wisconsin, but he was living in New York at the time. Yeah. Uh, he was going to move out, and his roommate needed a roommate. And I was like, well, "I got nothing better to do with my life. Let's do that. Let's nice. let's go out to uh, Brooklyn, New York." And um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and Brooklyn that was turned out to be like uh, uh, I think I was well, I definitely was working on uh, Dread, which was my first role playing game that mm -hmm. I published mm -hmm. um, while I was in Wisconsin, but. Uh, it, when I moved out to New York, I kind of got in touch, like met up with like a whole bunch of indie up and coming indie game designers yeah. uh, at that time uh, and got plugged into the network that I had no idea existed <laughs> or actually was kind of growing at the time, was kind of uh, becoming a thing. And then uh, it was through that where I got dragged up to this Jiffy Con. Okay, so you that's, make the multi-day trek to Western yes. Massachusetts, <laughs> yes. and you go to this thing called JiffyCon, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. then someone named Emily is running it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty small. It was, you know, like two dozen people. Oh. Um, but a fun thing that we love to do was to um, play test each other's games. It was oh, that's cool. so small that we were all like, oh, just try this thing. I've tried it. You know, I don't, I don't know if it works yet. And um, so that was kind of a draw too, yeah. because you know that is one of the 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 things we always have a hard time doing is is trying it out, especially yeah. when it's brand new or you're just getting your your feet on the ground. So um, so it was really fun to have people come from New York and and try it out. And then yeah, and Epi and I hit it off, and uh, a little bit. And then <laughs> yep. <yeah. laughs> uh, four years later, we got married. That yeah, that's nice. cool. That's awesome. 
did you both when you so Abby, you probably went to Gen Con it was when it was still here. Yeah, like um, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Through the yeah. early 90s, I can remember because I, I worked downtown and I can remember sneaking out of work in my early 20s oh, going nice. over there um before they moved it, I think, over to I I should know before to Indianapolis area, mm-hmm. right? Sort of yeah, now. So because we're kind of in the the what do you call it the fertile crescent of of rpgs oh, well said with, well you know. said yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know i didn't i didn't know so like i'm in saint paul and so like um you know just f- 15 minutes literally due north from my house is roseville and so you've got fantasy flight games and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and like <clears throat> i didn't know until well, Brad, when we started getting getting back into gaming, like in 2016, I had and like I remember taking I should not say this publicly. I remember taking my my high school girlfriend for prom to a restaurant in Lake Geneva, right? And oh. like, um, <clears throat> I mean, look, I very little going for me. I might as well take her to a nice meal, right? But still, uh, <laughs> not say anything. No, because it's true. I know. Uh, yeah, that's why you're not saying it. Thank you, good friend. Um, <laughs> but I had no idea that, like, you and I had grown up around the epicenter of gaming, and yeah. like when I moved out to St. Paul, how much of that was still here? Like, it, I had, I mean, I just, I, I had absolutely no idea that any of that was going on almost in my backyard. Are um, you both still doing? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go right no, ahead. no, no, no. Go, go for it. I was gonna say, are you both still? I don't know how deep we got into this last time, only, but how are you both still traveling or now starting to do that and starting to hit some of the cons again, post pandemic? Or um, we we haven't not so much. We we we're both in had... the discussion about it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we yeah. both like to get out more. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think before the co the the pandemic even hit, we were a little burnt out because. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're bringing games that you're selling it is grueling doing cons standing on that cement floor hopefully you've got a little bit of padding that somebody's been smart enough to bring to put in your booth and um and so both of us were aging out a little bit of that business <laughs> my knees now, oh my god i'm so broken <laughs> i don't even know it would be yeah. like, <laughs> I, I think i'd take shorter shifts at the booth that's what i would do um, so yeah, it'd be nice to get back, oh. but I'm, I feel most tempted by smaller cons that are run by friends because those, yeah. are, those oh, nice. are fun times. And you know? like, uh, looking for cons for like, uh, most of my family have moved out to Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, so like, like a lot of my travel time, well, a lot of, I mean, like a lot of my travel was we, we drive out to Indianapolis for Gen Con and then up to um uh at the time at Madison Middleton area yeah, uh, yep, where my parents yep. were um or go up to their place first and then down to check but like it would it would be part of the uh, the journey and that's just not it's a, it's a much bigger journey now it's a much longer you know and uh so i think like when we finally start doing we'll probably be looking for for ones that we can combine with visits to the family or oh absolutely or ones that can prompt and and maybe help us write off international travel like that's that's a thing See, that... that really intrigues me like Brad and I we we've we've talked about this very you and me in, very intermittently offline of just the seemingly growing community internationally mm-hmm. um that I just find that just I just find that really neat to be honest I'm curious what you guys think um like I've never I mean I've never been to a con right maybe maybe someday 
Um, oh, but really? yeah, I mean, I just, mm. <clears throat> it's, it's not really my thing, but more and more I'm getting curious sure. for a number of reasons. I'm curious though. Cause like, like Emily, you said, you said you at this point prefer to go to like the smaller ones, you know, where, you know, people The I'm curious, like with, there seem to be so many now coming out or at least before the pandemic, mm. it seems like yeah. it's coming back. Um, do you guys have favorites or like cons you think really stand out these little ones that maybe not everybody's going to? There was um, a, an old favorite um, down in New Jersey, um, uh, Dreamation, um, which is one of a series put on by Double Exposure. And those were a really nice like scale. They were pretty big and they had different types of events going on. Like there'd be board games and role playing games. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people that we had met at other bigger cons also went there. So it had a very nice kind mm -hmm. of, oh yeah, hey, nice to see you, buddy kind of feel um and uh so I, uh, yeah that that kind of thing seems really nice and then it, um yeah it had room for like a uh its own little like because we had like a indie community mm -hmm. within the like there would be um gaming rooms and stuff like that and there'd be like the you know a large dungeons and dragons track right. but also like there would be this whole section that was just yeah. a bunch of uh indie game designers who um in fact, they went into the the playtesting angle. They made a convention that was all about playtesting. Wow, um, Metatopia, right? That's, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to interrupt so they you. They did a lot to support our community, and <laughs> yeah. um, and Metatopia yeah. coming out of that was really neat, kind of thing. Interesting. You, you know, the idea of play. This is something, Emily. I don't think I asked. I don't think either of us asked last time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, the idea of creating a game because you both have done that jason and i have not um we, nor shall we, we in all nor shall we. we we are having we, fun just being able to we, play yeah. something we, yeah we thought we would for the longest time and then we got over that and now we're playing and loving it yeah we actually changed our release schedule for this podcast so that we could actually give ourselves a little bit of time to play to play yeah um, oh nice but mm -hmm. when you go through um like the creative process. So obviously something comes up, whatever it may be that kind of garners your interest in terms of, Oh, maybe there's, maybe there's something that can be used as a, as a game here. Um, like you did dread. And I know Emily, you've done some, um, you know, more for curiosity. I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but how do you go through the process of deciding, okay, I'm going to build this game. How, what are the steps? Obviously you have to come up with some sort of, whether it's a dice mechanic or card mechanic, whatever, whatever system whatever the, it uses from a system perspective how do you again sorry very broad question i'm kind of <laughs> painting a broad brush but what have your experiences been in doing that type of thing and yeah. then garnering the um the play testing component because that to me um is fascinating as well as in effect i come from a sophomore realm beta testing you know mm -hmm. to me is you know bleeding edge cool <laughs> You want to go first, Debbie? Um, sure. Let's give it a shot. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's a big question, but it's it's a legit question, right? Like it's a um, uh, I mean, part of it is it's a constant process. Like it's not a um, uh, I, not often do I have like a uh, you know, encounter an idea and be like, okay, here I'm gonna go through you know, these steps and make it happen. But what happens with me quite often is I'll get an idea, 
sketch out some things. And at some point I might be like, this isn't ready yet. And, and uh, I, I think of it as my um, compost heap in the back of my brain. I like kind yeah. of, you know, just throw it back there, yeah. let it grow into something or whatever. Um, and, you know, often I'll steal ideas from those games and, and bring them forward in whatever one I'm working on at the time. Uh, so like, you know, when it comes to actually having something that's going to become a game, right? Like there's, I mean, there's definitely a moment where I know, but there's uh, a lot of time before that where it's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like uh, it's role-playing all the way down. Like you have to role play that you're going to have a game like you like you were just saying for the longest time you thought you were make it till you you make it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) uh yeah exactly i mean like you have to you have to sit there and go okay this is i this is what i think the cover is going to look like in my brain i'm you know making the and there are dangers there like the there's like jokes about uh spending days trying to pick the font for your cut, you know, like that kind that. of, um, but you know, that oh, could yeah. also be fun, that, you know, like that, that could be an enjoyable bit, but yeah, it, it often, um, so yeah, the, the, it's an ongoing process, I guess is what I yeah. like at, at any time I can abandon the game or bring it back and just be like, Oh, I, I figured it out. Something clicked. I just very recently, I've been working on a game that I feel pretty confident it's going to come to fruition and it's actually built out of parts from a lot of older games some of which i've published and some of which i i I haven't and some of which aren't mine i mean that's a thing that um like you know we all uh, have our inspirations we draw on um and appropriately enough this frankenstein game is about the undead yeah yeah it is very cool yeah um and uh we just recently had I, I had this kind of block in it that I like uh, like a mental block kind of like I was mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm uh, I had a problem with the game I didn't know what the problem was but I I just knew it wasn't going to I haven't gotten to play testing yet where, where you discover a whole bunch of other problems but like I like I was like this doesn't feel quite ready to and we just happened to be having uh, coffee with some friends that were also game designers. And Emily knows these folks from way back and they've played uh, Ars Magica from (laughs) like a thousand years ago. I don't know how long ago, Um, 20 years ago? A thousand, a thousands of uh, on on par. The two thousands. The oh, the two thousands. Oh. Yes, oh, close. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, our kids, that seems like a thousand years. It ago. does. I mean, yeah. you know, for for Gen Z, century. it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were talking about how they played that game, and just something clicked. I was like, oh, I, I am going to steal that. I'm I'm yeah. I'm going to take that and put it in this game uh, because that's that's the exact component that I need uh, mm-hmm. to make it go forward. So. When when you're a little farther along, to follow up from Brad's question, when you're a little farther along and it and it is time to play test, you know, may, maybe earlier, not so much later in that process. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how how do you guys put that out? Do you do you tend to have a community where you'll ask, hey, give this a shot, tell us what you think? How 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 does that work? And what are you looking for from well. Them? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that one at the end. Yeah. Yeah. One of it. my solutions was to create community in order <laughs> to f- f- 
fulfill that need. Yeah. So I spent years running a small con. And as a side effect, as I told you before, I found someone that I married. So it wasn't all a waste. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not touching that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was actually, you know, one of the best times of my life. You know, I met so many people that I love very dearly and Mm -hmm. got to have, you know, wonderful relationships and beautiful games grow out of that time. And, you know, it was just, you know, we were young and foolish and but that is kind of what it took. And in fact, mm-hmm. we were at a point in the world and in our lives where a bunch of us were having kids. And so we, we rented the basement of a church, which had Sunday school rooms. So we could like have, you know, a teenager mm-hmm. or somebody come in and watch the nice. kids, which mm-hmm. was a huge thing because it actually mm-hmm. meant more parity for people of different genders to be able to take part. Yep. Um and people who had kids versus people who didn't have kids. Yep. So like, you know, we couldn't break down all the barriers, but that was one that we were able to attack. And it, I think it made a difference. And, um, but yeah, no, you, you really gotta, it's, it's a, as it, it is a, a constant cry for people who do this kind of thing, that that is one of the trickiest bits. And <laughs> that's some terrible, uh, don't, do this moments too where like i tried to get my housemates to play test <laughs> with me and they were ruling but it was only because they were being nice and then they mm-hmm. hated the game and you know and then we, you have those experiences where someone hates the game you're play testing and you're like it's horrible let me jump off a cliff this is awful you know and then you have to like bring yourself back emotionally and then yeah. later you play it in a better mm-hmm. context where people are like interested in that topic mm-hmm. and interested in role-playing game mechanics they're weird and yeah. and they have a great time and you realize oh okay this is just what i need to fix it's not like it's broken it's not like it's a bad idea yeah. um context matters and and i personally when i start you know like alpha testing or whatever when i'm trying it out for the first time i love to play with people who are either game designers or really interested in the process of trying it out before it's yeah. fully baked because they're going to be more forgiving and you know just try it out with me and have fun <clears throat> and then sometimes that's the place where i find just like epi was saying i i see that thing that's missing and we can like noodle around and find it or i can take it back to the drawing board and then you know um one of my favorite moments like that was uh with my first game breaking the ice and i don't i apologize if i already told this story last time i can't mm, remember please. i don't think you have no but i no. when i was when I was first playing it, um, like I was trying to figure out how to make characters and I played it with my friend Vincent and I, and the characters are supposed to be people that go on dates together. And we're, he, you know, so I said, okay, so let's make a character. And he was like, uh, what does that mean? How do I do that? And so then I went back, you know, his blank stare helped yep, me yep. realize that I needed to build in a whole bunch of smaller steps. And they weren't the kinds of steps that you normally take, like rolling um 66 three times and taking numbers and then creating modifiers off of them didn't map well to going on a date you know <laughs> like it just, it just that wasn't what i was looking for so jason i told I you years ago using... that wasn't gonna work yeah <laughs> and, and and it did not <laughs> <laughs> and so i ended up using like creative writing type yeah techniques where you get you, you just spin off uh different um ideas for a character based on their favorite color and that like feels more like you're making a person and Mm -hmm. not a 
a weapon to kill, you know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. a person with a favorite color. That's where right. we start. Your right. favorite color is blue. Your favorite color is magenta. You know, like even yeah. that much tells you something about the character. Much better That's over dinner than from... what's your favorite yeah. weapon. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or what weapon are you like, optimized for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a second yes. day kind of question. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but this does beg the question. So <clears throat> when you are, when you two are respectively developing, testing, conceptualizing, mm -hmm. wherever you are along that route, uh, what's that like for you together in your relationship? I mean, do you, do you, bounce stuff off of one another do mm -hmm. you tend to keep your yeah i mean i mean that's very yeah. relationship dependent but uh i mean like we we bounce stuff off each other all the time like that's uh nice. um uh what we do what's that yeah. it's what we do yeah yeah it's what that's we neat. do yes yes yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, like uh also where we can commiserate like it's yeah, it's sure. it's uh if you if you have a problem with a game design and sometimes it like the solution is not to sit and fi figure it out the solution is to just realize you have a problem and and uh let let it stew or whatever um but like we both have enough experience in the area to do that and we're always there to like uh do like a quick i, I mean i hesitate to call it a play test because it's more like we're gonna do this little bit here i, I just need to you know um are you familiar with the concept of um rubber ducking in programming where no. uh, uh, the idea is just that like if you have a you you're you're coding and you come across a bug you can't figure out the answer to it uh if you have a rubber ducky on your desk that you try to explain the problem to uh you end up finding the solution and and uh sometimes that's so good sometimes uh that's part of what's happening with game design is that you're you're just thinking about it thinking about it and all you really need to do is try to teach right. someone that part of the game like you don't even need uh to, to yeah. play it or yeah yeah like that. it's I, um, just helpful to have someone who's who is willing to to be that rubber duck. and doesn't know anything or, or, or can hear you can listen yeah 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 i i have a very diminutive yoda on my desk but yeah. i i feel like he would already know <laughs> and probably berate my explanation so the, the rubber ducky that that's a clever that's a clever technique i could see that applying a lot farther than coding yeah yeah it, i mean you hmm. just uh, like okay so we we're talking about creating a game Coming up with um, the game itself, being ready to play it is like a thing, but then you have this other thing, which is communicating that game. Uh, right. And that is as big, if not bigger of a challenge. And uh, um, that that's a thing that like, you know, you, you, you're always try, trying to figure out like, okay, how am I, or I should say, this is what I'm always trying to figure out. Like what yeah. I have this idea for a game that makes sense in my brain because it came from my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, how do I make it make sense in someone else's brain? Um, what's the best way to do that? Like what, uh, what, what voice do I need when I write the, the instructions or, right. um, and like, not only that, not only, you know, do you have to write the text that's going to exist, but you're going to be going to the conventions. You're going to be running it for people. So how do you tell people at the table 
how to do it. And then if you're doing a play test where you don't have the text yet, what is it that you tell them? Like you're, you're yeah. always and constantly revising how you're describing this game, even after it comes out. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that, that, that that's actually a really important really phase awesome. of the process to me is um, doing it over and over again yeah. for other people, particularly cons make that really possible if, if mm -hmm. you have the right mm -hmm. conditions, um, which we were lucky enough at the time in the 2000s and teens to have mm -hmm. um, audiences you know, where people right. were willing to come in and try stuff. Right. Doing it over and over again, I found either for selling or for playtesting helps you understand exactly what Epi's talking about, where you, yeah, you're communicating about what you're doing and you're learning the ways that people respond to that are strong. So mm -hmm. like you can say it in your head a million times, but until you, you said something to somebody else and seen their eyes light up or get excited or yeah. laugh, you right. don't know how right. other people respond to it and being able to communicate to other people over and over again yeah. gives you that opportunity to learn how to reach people about something. Yeah, I mean, I think of the, I think what comes to mind for me is like the bane as a as a player, and I would suspect as a designer writer, the bane of the core rule book, that even <laughs> the best written rule books for the most fun RPGs are traditionally really hard to navigate right like just just explaining like you know what you're both saying in terms of just being able to operationalize how this works in a way that's understandable to a player who might be potentially completely new to the world yeah. the mechanic etc i mean i you know i look at my shelf and and just the games that i think are absolutely the most fun in no way does that correlate with the clarity of the rule book <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense i, I mean I, I don't want to say that, that makes sense but like um there, okay so there, there's barriers right to to people playing games and and like you become when 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 your livelihood depends on it, you become acutely aware of some yeah, of these yeah, barriers yeah. uh and one of them is this like new new players right like uh who well yeah, this has changed over the years too. Uh, but anyways, I, I'll just go uh, on this direction here. The new players who, who like, they, you, you know, you can see them, you, you know that they know how to role play, but they don't know that they know how to role play, right? Like oh, it, it, it's not a, um, so they feel uncomfortable. They feel out of oh, their, yeah. you know, they, they, they feel like, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, mm -hmm. I don't think I can run a game because I don't, I don't, I'm not that a magic person who can run a game. Right. And like the, the moment they run their first game, they're like, Oh, I can run games. I can, I'm going to start running a bunch of games. Like, I, cool. I, um, and so like, so you have to, you have to give them confidence, mm -hmm. which is, that is not an easy thing to do in, in a text of any kind. Like, it's just not like a, a <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting. But particularly when you have a text that's built out of a bunch, is that's trying to convey a bunch of moving parts. Yeah, right. Uh, that you have to juggle in your head. It's like you can do this, also hold this, and you could do this, but now hold this with your elbow, and then you know you're just constantly <laughs> shoveling more and more stuff on them. But they can do it. I mean, you could do it. And fortunately, like unlike uh, a lot of board games uh, and or like coding, like we were just saying. 
uh, role-playing games are very elastic when it comes to rules failure, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can you can <laughs> yeah. mess up and be a okay. Like it's fine. Like nobody will even know. And we call it, it we call it what Jason and I play. We call it GM prerogative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Uh, and that's nice. And then, like at some point, um, uh, at some point, you know, you might go, oh, that's what we're like. There are old games that I've played for years that I like go back to the books, and I'm like, yeah, what was it about that game? And then I read something, I'll be like. We never did that. That changes everything. <laughs> you know, like that. Epi, you just described our first three sessions of me GMing Star Trek Adventures. For oh yeah. Brad, of we would we would have this fun, quick session, and then it was like, oh, that's we we come up with something. Like, I wonder how that works. We wonder how that works. And in like the week or two between sessions, we'd both go back to the the books, and I'm like. Well, you know, damn it, oh, that yep. totally, it's, it's like when Brad started me playing D&D, I was just, was, you know, where I'm going. I was getting my butt kicked. Just This, is, Brad, where, this is where the swearing would normally oh, come yeah, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just getting my butt kicked. And, and I'm like, how bad am I at this? Um, how, it, I, we, I thought I had developed a character, and then like a few weeks in, I'm reading something and I'm like, you add your mods to all of those roles? <laughs> I, right, I mean, yes. sad, yes, right? Yes. But it's exactly what you're saying. And all yeah, of a sudden, no, no. boom, totally different experience. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had that, um, some friends, when, what are we on now? We're on fifth edition, so fourth edition. When fourth edition came out, uh, I was playing with some friends uh it had just come out we were all just like reading the books trying to figure out what was happening um and uh we made characters and we had like this battle with like a fire beetle that came out and and just laid waste to one of the characters just and we uh there are two things about this that i actually really quite enjoyed and the first one was all of us had the books out and we were going through that book trying to figure out like is he is he dead it yeah. felt like like i know this wasn't the the fiction that was happening but it felt like um like like an episode of er or you know like an yes. emergency room thing yes. where we're all like don't you die on me as we're like checking <laughs> in the right. um and then the, the we're like i guess i guess he just dies we kind of end on kind of a sour note and this i was living in new york at the time and i, I went home and i was on the subway and about I had like a like a half hour to 45 minute ride home or something. It was they lived in Queens. I lived in Brooklyn. It was mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. Um <laughs> uh on the subway, it occurred to me that the I and I didn't know this that the um in fourth edition, I believe this is right now. I might be telling lies now. Um, your hit points start with your entire constitution score, not just oh. the modifier, it's the whole score plus right. something. Sure. And that that's a difference of like, you know, a dozen hit points that would have yeah. saved his life. Right. And I, I like I'm I'm dialing my phone and I'm no there's no reception because right. I'm underground. I just can't wait to get above ground to tell him, you're alive, you're alive. Which you always want to hear someone screaming on the sub yes. in New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Although it may not look in New York, I don't know New York all that well, but anything, it may not look all that out of all anything of the goes on you know? the subway. But but back to your example, I 
I personally think, I think that's kind of a lovely experience that you're relating. I think when you've got a table of people, whether it's two or yeah. six, it doesn't matter. And you're, you're in it together. I mean, it, it, it makes me think of what, of what you brought to us last time, Emily, of like what we were all talking about in terms of, of creating those experiences and the narrative element and the literature element, like you, even if you're all flipping through your guides, like what is going on? You're doing that together. You're so immersed in the mm -hmm. game. You're immersed in that little community in the moment. You're working together. So what if you're all wrong? It's kind yeah. of, I mean, I just think yeah. that's a really beautiful, I mean it though. I mean, I think it's a yeah, beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like, that's yeah. one of the loveliest things about RPGs and being at a table, especially if you respect one another, you like one another and you don't take it all that seriously right so the next the next session you do better the next session, mm -hmm. session you get yeah. it but i i think that's cool because those are the things you remember yeah yeah exactly what do you um i wanted to talk a little bit like sci-fi type of stuff but i wanted to ask first yeah, just because we've been talking about games is um these days with everything going on i i don't emily i don't know if i asked you this last time because i think we got so into some of those topics and we we abutted against the time block that we had told you and we didn't want to keep you but <laughs> what do you have both on your tables these days yeah, from a gaming perspective are you even able to play these days or what are you, you playing play or, you know yeah. is it yeah what do you well even not fun i mean obviously you're probably doing some play testing and things mm -hmm. for your own game stuff but beyond that um what are you both gaming now or just reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want you want to take this, M? Sure. Um, well, we started doing some gaming online with friends uh, through COVID. And mm -hmm. that has been a really nice pattern to continue um, because it got us connected with friends that we had that moved that either we had moved away from or had moved away from where we were. So um, we're doing board gaming every other week mm -hmm. with some friends oh, that wow. I lived with in college, which is great. And uh, the folks that Epi was good friends with in New York uh, that I stole him away from cruelly, <laughs> um, uh, we now get to play mostly weekly games with uh, yeah, online. Wow. And um, and that, that crew is really fun. Um, they uh you guys had little a name for yourselves the imaginants yeah, like the, the imaginants <laughs> that's cool imagination. <laughs> and um have this great ethic of just swapping around games and gms and so oh, nice. and like actually most of the games that you're doing now it makes me feel like it's the 90s again because you're always like modding things and making your own versions yeah. and stuff <laughs> and we've played like a version of um, the Karate Kid show, you know, like Cobra Kai kind of, and yeah. uh, a couple that were based on like Greek myths. And um, yeah. one of our friends has this wonderful premise, which I, she should, she should, uh, um, what do you call it? Patented or whatever, copyrighted, uh, the Birder Murders. It's a cozy murder <laughs> mystery thing where the, cool. the main group are birders in England. So they are a birding club. And so there's lots of fun bird puns and things like that. And, you know, it's, so it's it's lots of delightful fun that we have. Um, yeah. And then occasionally it's a it's a game, you know, like a lot of times they're powered by the apocalypse games or um, uh, fate or something oh, yeah. like that with you know with one of these settings yeah. skinned on them um yeah but but that's fun and epi likes to write and you know do the everybody goes 
uh, whole hog and makes lovely uh, custom character sheets. And, uh, you know, oh, wow. sometimes we get treated to a PowerPoint presentation by somebody. <laughs> so. Oh, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, I, I got to ask just because you mentioned it, board gaming. How do you handle yeah. board gaming online? Like, online? Uh, BoardGameArena.com. Uh, okay. Uh, that's generally where we do it. There, there have been a few games that we've played elsewhere, but there's a lot of games on there, and and that's oh, wow. uh, yeah, because makes it, it so easy. You were gonna say sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, just to say that some games now we look at them and we go, "How on earth would we play that in person?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. we keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So board game arena is is uh, um, it's a very it's it's very nice because it's got a lot of these games available to you mm -hmm. um it's a website so you have to figure out how to log mm -hmm. in and then if you do something like i did where i tried to convince my family to <laughs> to join a game night then you have to do like a bunch of tech support actually that was more discord <laughs> than board game arena i should say because we oh, i tried to get my family on discord to play board game arena and they all like i said they all live in denver so they'll yeah. like they'll like rent a mountain house to go skiing yeah and they'll all be like in the same room each of them with a laptop on and i'd be like okay everyone has to so, mute that's not cliche everything <laughs> <laughs> i'll be so, i'm 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 I, I didn't even know about this tells you a lot of a kind of a noob i am i didn't know about this about board game arena and i'm looking at neat. this now and i'm like wow yeah there's good stuff there it's it's a lot of fun um yeah that is uh, cool we have a, th that same group that we do the the um with plus a few extra people yeah they they had been getting in uh before covid they, they would go to um it's not board game arena what's the name of the other site the board uh boardgamegeek.com but so okay. boardgamegeek.com uh had a com had conventions i think hmm. Uh, in Austin, I, I'm not, but like they would go to these board game conventions, and so they had like a group of friends that they did that with, and they decided that during COVID that we were going to do uh, uh, a, a convention together where we're just like we're going to spend the whole weekend. The like it was easy with Discord. We just you know made, had a Discord for it, and you had like we did named each of the voice channels after like a different, like table one, a, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, huh. you would just, you just know that there was an open invite to play board games. You just like huh. hopped in at any point that like, there wasn't enough people that there was always a board game going on, but there oh. was enough people that, you know, if yeah. you hopped in and said, Hey, I'll be available within like an hour or so, somebody would be like, yeah, I'm oh, that's I'm cool. That. Yeah. So that's uh, very cool. Especially since a lot of us we're on like two different coasts and right. divided by three hours of uh, time zones. And some people are night owls and some people are morning birds. So yeah, you know, yeah, you can kind of match up across the, yeah. the time zones. Which which is a cool thing. I mean, <clears throat> I think the pandemic obviously was very ne mm -hmm. negative, but right. I mean, it goes without question. But that said. Um, it did kind of force some of this upon us and yeah it changed right it changed the workplace probably forever mm -hmm. and it changed things like gaming 
and it changed things. Well, it just, it, it opened up new opportunities. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, like you guys are saying, I mean, like, like Brad and I would never have been doing this if there mm-hmm. wasn't the tech and the little bit of push of, you know, we are our, our group of friends from back home. We were all meeting. What was it like every Sunday evening? And every we did Sunday that for like, like a year and a half and we're yep. all really close, but before that, I don't know the last time we'd all just hung out and yeah. it kind of became this religious yeah. thing for about a year and a half until, you know, we're close enough that it started getting a little annoying. And so we, <laughs> you know, we, we backed off, but, um, and in case he's listening, we're specifically talking about Eric, but still, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, but still, and don't worry, he's not, but he's um, not listening. He's not <laughs> listening. Yeah. Unlike us all and the two of you, he has better judgment. But, you know, um, but but I mean, it did like, I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine just, Hey, let's, let's just pick up this board game. Let's just pick up this game. Hey, you want to get together next Friday yeah. and you can do that now. And I do think that is pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, like, um, uh, Oh God, I had a thing to say there and I just completely blanked on it. There was, uh, well, it'll come back to me. In the middle of something, I'll just shout it out. And that's. I had a thought. Oh, Oh, yeah. Share it. Just that um, playing online and that kind of uh, technology helps it fit into your schedule better Mm -hmm. when you're an oldster with work and maybe family or whatever, so that you don't actually have to drive somewhere. It's much more likely that you're going to be able to find times that more people can make. Yeah. And um, so that's that's a real that's a real unintentional yeah and find there yeah. and we we start because uh, uh, okay so the thing is the, um, when I first started role playing back in the eighties <laughs> like <laughs> well when I first started in the eighties like we were I mean like we were just kids that would. Uh, um, say we were role-playing and, and yeah. i'm not i don't want to dismiss it or anything like no, that no, but no, it wasn't yeah. of course we're probably like, we're close we're probably we did the, i did the same yep. thing Completely. yeah like yeah. Mo- most of it wasn't role-playing most of it was hanging around playing video games or you know mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um in the 90s when i got into high school and college we were doing a lot of role-playing and those were marathon sessions wow. like it was like it would be not unheard of to do eight hours or 12 hours like wow. like over a weekend like you know that kind yeah. of thing uh but definitely like like six hours or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and then when we started doing the convention circuit the conventions blocked off four hours for each okay. session so we started designing games right subconsciously designing games that fit into four hours right and then like now since since uh since covid and all the online thing i cannot play online for longer than two hours like i start oh, sure. to really flag and whatnot and so yeah, now games that i never never would have thought i would do just two hours two hours but why even bother what what are you doing i'd love <laughs> i'm no. just like yeah let's get together let's, let's play for a couple hours let's let's have a single encounter that'll yeah. be fun i will enjoy that let's let's do it <laughs> that that actually makes a lot of sense to me i know with with um star trek adventures with brad and me playing it wasn't like this before like when we were dabbling with pathfinder playing D for a while but but when we made the decision, like like Brett said, when we backed off the podcast to every other week, specifically so that we could breathe and play, and then finally got into STA, um, especially because we just been, we've been using you know written, we've been using canned stuff so that we can really learn along the way, and mm-hmm. it's so beautifully written, uh, what we've played. But 
each you know scene right each session it ends up being for the two of us like 30 minutes and i mean exactly to your point epi like why would anyone waste all and we'll talk for 30 (laughs) minutes beforehand just about like hey what do you want to do with this and this and then we'll play it why would you waste time getting online and it's so much fun and you have this tight little gaming experience and then and then you go back upstairs to family responsibilities whatever and then a week or two later boom we do it again and yeah it's it's totally different It, it when I was introduced to, to you know the, the the West End Star Wars, which is how I cut my teeth in high school, uh, yeah. um, we are our, our mm. friend Scott, who is it, it is not hyperbole to say a brilliantly gifted game master. Okay, I mean the creativity mm. is, is the immersion. Yeah. I didn't know anything else. I <laughs> I didn't even know that there were like pre gen stories. Mm-hmm. for a decade because he certainly mm-hmm. never used them he bought all of them i'd seen his shelf but i didn't know that's what was in those <laughs> um but but like you said i mean we would we he'd come over or vice versa and we'd just sit on the floor and it'd be four hours later and we got started and it was wonderful yeah. but yeah. but yeah. i have just as much fun now when brad and i play for 30 minutes yeah and it's like you know that was okay awesome. so b- before we before we kind of transition and, and and have to let you go we we got to ask about Star Trek, because mm-hmm. Emily, when we were with you last time, about a month or so ago, maybe a little more as this drops, um, we started talking about that. And and I remember, what, what was it? You guys had been talking or thinking or exploring. So we have to ask, like, have you have you had a chance to play anything around Trek? Have you thought about <laughs> it? Is it on the horizon? Is there a way we can convince you to do it? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> uh, I have played Star Trek Avengers. Um, uh, Oh, it was before pandemic though. Oh, you were playing early. You you were yeah, on yeah. top of it. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no, it would have to have been. Um yeah. I was traveling like I, I don't even know how like an hour, hour and a half to get to you the travel game. half an hour to get to your friend who you get a ride the rest of the way there yeah. and you come back. Like, <laughs> it was like a Thursday night thing Fuck and I would get home game. at like one in the morning. Nice. Um, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I really like that game. I, I um, uh, it's been a while. So I, okay. So I've got like a, um, a, a calculator collection. I really enjoy vintage calculators and I spent yeah. a lot of brain power trying to figure out which calculator was best to bring to a star trek game now we were we were set in uh the next generation timeline um so uh i think i ended up with the hp 50g and case any you know any other of my rpn yeah all right yeah i had to use a 12 i remember it i still have my limited edition i think it's the 12 in my oh my the 12 c yeah oh yes See, yeah. Okay, now we now we we got another I've, hour. Of I've calculators. got my <laughs> I've got my calculators dating all the way back to my little professor behind me on the desk. Oh, nice! A little professor. Oh. I I had a um oh, not wow. a little professor, but okay. like an it was an owl. Uh, I know what you're talking about. With I remember one red this. eye and one green eye. Yes. Oh, yeah. Geez. Right. Because LEDs and, were all the rage. Yeah. So, well, this one, like the little professor, I think gives you problems that you solve, right? Oh I no, I must have had the poor man's little professor. It just looks physically like a little professor for children. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the little I'm professor was actually an education tool. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, no. So I have that era actual calculator, like okay, super right, yeah. simple. 
because the owl, the owl was like, there was no numbers. It was just a red light and a green light, one in each eye, like a red light, one eye, one, a green light in the other eye. And you would plug in like two plus three equals five. And yeah. if you were right, it, it was green. Yeah. Wow. If it, you were wrong, it was red. And it was like, like a Delphic oracle of a yeah, yeah. calculator. <laughs> just, so if you didn't understand multiplication, it was just, it, you were like, you were just, wow. you were hoping to come upon like the, the one mm. chance that it's green. You're like, okay, all right. So three <laughs> times 11 is 30? No. 31? <laughs> no. You know, you just kind of <laughs> go like, anyway. I remember having something like, mm. I don't remember if it was an owl or not, but I remember putting in, oh, so in cool. effect, putting in equations to test to see no. if it was right. You know, Learning yeah. learning through demoralization. That's great. <laughs> yes, that, that's, that's right up there with the old speak and spell and speak and read. Oh my and, God. You know, yeah, we're gonna have math. to have a whole other episode on vintage calculators. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, there's some of them that I'm like, this one is definitely a you know next gen vibe. This one's in yeah. uh, you know original. But um, I think around the time that you talked with them, Em and I were in the middle of rewatching the whole uh, original movies. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Original but, check, and then. Um... Next generation, Next gen, which sort of you know, they morph kind of nicely one to the other. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. We just finished those like a few weeks ago, I think, is when, when we finished it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and how was it? I mean, you know, with a with a marathon rewatch like that, how? Uh, I I really enjoyed. We we were like really eager to watch yeah. the next episode each time, right? I nice. think. I, I don't want to put words in M's mouth here, but I, that's how I was. Yeah, no, it was, it was remarkably fun. All mm-hmm. like way more of them than I had thought. I thought a lot more would be cheesy or, yeah. Uh, and a lot of them were just like good adventures, you know, with this wonderful ensemble cast. And uh, you, you really appreciate that. I, yeah. I'm watching, rewatch, particularly, um, like there's the Star Trek, like fandoms in general have like their their myths about yeah. things, right? Yeah. And the I, you know, it's like handed down knowledge that you think is your own, right? Like that right. kind of thing. And I always had thought that it was the even number were good and the odd number were bad, or you know, like that. Right. Thing. And yeah. I like I'm I'm just gonna caveat this by saying that I have a personal oath not to disparage anyone's creative work publicly like if we were just if we weren't recording this i would tell you what i truly believe about yeah, no, that's things. very nice yeah i'm, I'm not going to lie about anything yep but yep. i will say one two three and four yeah i totally I, I loved yes. i just absolutely loved and absolutely i was and 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 really enjoyed see this is this is like this is damning just by six six i really enjoyed six and uh uh which is yeah. um the boy, uh, uh, oh, undiscovered, uh, undiscovered country. country. Yeah, yeah. I love six. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the uh, first two. Uh, okay, the g- next gen are blurring in my head a little bit here. Oh, generations and first generations contact. and first con- first yeah. contact. Of, first contact's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched. I just watched rewatch <laughs> three for the first time. Mm-hmm in f- easily 15 to 20 years yeah uh, and i forgot mm. how good it was i mean brad you've been saying that but i forgot yeah. how good it was how much i enjoyed it um 
Yeah, but I was really, raised. Yeah. I was raised yeah. on the original films. I'm a little yep. too young Ditto. to have been mm-hmm. the TV series. Yep. But yeah. um, I was young when the the movie, the motion yep. picture came out, and I can remember I wasn't allowed to go see Wrath of Khan in the theater at first because Spock died, and my family thought that would be tr- too traumatic for me. Yeah. And then three, they were afraid to take me because even though I was. In, well into elementary school but because the enterprise you know is destroyed oh, they, thought yes. I, they thought that would be traumatic for me yeah yeah so it, it's funny watching young people watch um end game you know and uh oh yeah this. my nephew <laughs> what's okay to traumatize young people my with? both yeah. of my yes. girls both yeah. of my daughters were bawling bawling the teenagers yeah. at the end yeah. of end game just bawling and i'm like girls it's fiction yeah, <laughs> not, no. but it's not. It's pretty hardcore. I yeah. thought. <laughs> That's why no. I'm waiting for the Marvel, the Marvel role playing game. It's coming out in in August. We've had the gentleman. He's in Beloit, oh, he's, ironically. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's been, great. Yeah, Matt yeah. Forbeck is really actually the lead designer for. Oh, Matt Forbeck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. easily designing the Marvel Marvel Universe role playing game. I have the play test book is out on Amazon for like eight nine bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've already got the Marvel pre-order because I'm a I'm a Marvel nerd. I've that's yeah. kind of supplanted between Trek and Marvel and then Star Wars for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I you know I love I love watching those Trek movies. Hey, Jason and I were just talking recently with someone. We were like the Picard season three, especially oh. episodes nine and ten. Oh nine and ten especially are really the they are in it's effect the, what is it, twelfth or eleventh movie. Yeah, it's it's well, it's six, seven, eight, nine. So yeah, it's 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 the ignoring Kelvin. I mean, I enjoyed them all, but ignoring the Kelvin timeline, like that's the next nine and ten of season three. That truly Mm. is the next Star Trek film. Like you could you could literally just watch that, and it's it's just glorious. Oh, we we haven't we're not caught up with any of the 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 newer Trek stuff yet but we'll oh. have to check that out yeah if you if you're a tng person and you're just kind of dabbling again in the t- in the tv stuff because i was slow to adapt to that mm-hmm. um jason knows that um picard season three you can ignore the first two seasons to start not that they aren't good so i i did truly enjoy the first season yeah i enjoyed them too yeah. but you yeah. if you want to like get the real like tng vibe going mm-hmm. And, but but and, and the DS9 vibe and the Voyager, Voyager vibe. vibe. No, 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 really. <laughs> yeah, and Strange, have... New, Strange New Worlds is also. Yeah. If you it's mm, it yeah. Strange New good. Worlds is um Strange New World. I mean, obviously I'm a little like I actually bought a t-shirt, which yeah, yeah. I never do. I um uh but uh it is the truest trek, if you will, that's been okay. out in a long time. Like I don't know how the writers do it. But mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. well, like you like you said, the the mythos and the ethos of Trek comes through in absolutely every single episode. Like if you imagine TOS, but mm-hmm. without the womanizing and the misogyny <laughs> and the inconsistency, yeah. no, really, and the inconsistency, yeah, yeah. um, <clears throat> that's strange new worlds where it's just so brilliantly uh, honorable and fun. This one takes place mm. before the yeah with Pike. So Pike, okay. it's yeah, yeah. um that's right. It's like five ish years. It's between five and ten years on the Enterprise before Kirk assumes command. 
Nice. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. yeah. We'll so he's yeah yeah it's 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 a great data love trek i mean there's just yeah because yeah. <laughs> i mean you know i i, I love lower decks is hilarious i never i thought I mean, a trek cartoon that sounds like a horrible idea i mean the last but, time well, trek oh did a cartoon God. it didn't do so well so we well, were a little... <laughs> we we actually watched that um I rem- yeah within i get like within the past well within the past decade i, I don't know i'm old now things go by faster um <laughs> and I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Like, I mean, obviously it was what it w- was, but yeah. like lots of fun, um, weird sci-fi things going on in it. We, uh, we, Em and I have a, a habit of doing cartoons on weekend mornings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's we get cool. Up and, yeah. Uh, and, or like, I guess like cartoons are kids shows from our youth. Cause like we yeah. also would do, um, uh, Land of the Lost. Lost. Oh, First two seasons. Oh, I yeah. like, do not watch the third. Oh my yeah, yeah. God. Land <laughs> of you, the Lost. If, if you find Land of the Lost, first two seasons of the original Land of the Lost is, is some of my all-time favorite well, television. Sci-fi writers that wrote them that created like cultures and you know it yeah, yeah. it's 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 of its own time, of course. Yeah. But yeah. given that, it's really fascinating. It is it is a weirder place than than you remember it as a kid. Like as a kid, you're like, oh, they went back in time and there were dinosaurs, and that is not what happened. Uh, I mean, there I were remember. dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, there were dinosaurs, but they are not back in time. They're somewhere else. And um so it's just very oh, it's cool. very neat and weird. And uh but the the trek, I remember like there's just a great episode where they meet the devil, and it's like it's actually the devil. Um there's one where they have to create a giant Spock. They don't make Spock giant. They make a clone of Spock who's giant, who is out there now. So, so at some point, some, like, if if that cartoon is canon, it somebody's yeah. going to come across a giant Spock somewhere. And T- it's just... TAS was-, was like the Doctor Who of Star Trek, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you didn't have a budget issue... Right, you could animate right. whatever you want. Right, yeah. and yeah. let's face it, you weren't really concerned about dialogue or any of that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you, no, no, but really, and you just focused on the story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like I mean, if you look at Doctor Who, and I mean, I've been an intermittent watcher, never more than that since I was little. But it's hard to beat just the sheer storytelling. Mm-hmm. If you if you ignore, yeah. okay, this is really hokey or really silly or over the top or overacted. Yeah, but look at what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's cool. I know I'm with you. I love the fact that you're doing like Saturday morning stuff. That's a <laughs> that's a very sweet blast from the past. <laughs> no, and and it's funny because you mentioned Land of the Lost. I just watched something. I cannot remember if it was something I watched on YouTube. It was about some of the story, the backstory of um, the actors and and so yeah. on. And yeah, there's there's an interest, and I cannot remember um, so the guy who played Will Marshall. Yes, he. He ended up quitting the show. Uh, I don't remember the exact details, and and uh, but basically he was trying to get better money and working conditions for everyone else on the show, and it just yeah. didn't, you know. Uh, around that, we do watch a lot of television for like around that time, and um, there's a phenomena that happens where things start off really good, and then. Uh, I'm going to guess producers take over and it, it, oh. it, it just like, you can see it happen. Like um, there's a shift in space Buck- balls to the search for more money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's uh, 
if you if you ever go back and watch the old Buck Rogers show, yeah, oh, they really messed that up. Yeah, yeah. Season one is yeah. great, and then season two, they're like, "I Wilma Deering shouldn't be in this," and and we're like, "Why would you not have Wilma Deering in a Buck Rock?" Like, anyways, yeah. Yeah. she was one of my first. Aaron Gray was a, one of my first crushes. Same, on same, <laughs> same. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I I remember. It's funny because I the the whole idea of Buck Rogers. I was just reading about that too, and um, Battlestar Galactica, and then that attempt oh. at Galactica 1980, where yes. they arrived on Earth. And yes, um, <laughs> poor Lauren Green got thrown into that as one of the last things before he passed. And but the reimagine um, oh, Battlestar Galactica, and I don't, I do not like sex in my sci-fi. I just, oh, right. I just don't. But BSG, I still think is some of the the reimagined BSG. After that awful little, because I don't have your ethical hangup, Abby. After the awful little, oh. the, you know, the first, the the first whatever, the, like that first episode or the first few episodes, it, they kind of did like the the TV movie to see if it would fly, mm-hmm. right? And so it started very overacted, but then you get to like what was it, thirty three and a third or whatever, yeah. the, and it's like oh, yeah. it hits, and then I think it's some of the best sci fi still ever produced it is an outstanding story awesome. i think i think it would have been a great show i think they kind of i i'm an original bsg or so it was hard for me to adapt to it because mm-hmm. you know i grew up with the well yeah the, the, the colonial ships and mm-hmm. and yeah. richard hatch as apollo and dirk benedict yeah. as you know so it was hard for me to and, and i didn't mind the fact that they brought in katie sackoff as a starbucks she's no, phenomenal she's yeah mm-hmm. it phenomenal it was just it was just a very different vibe to me and i know they oh, in effect kind of use the definitely. name and use some characters but it's a different oh, show and you had to, so heavy you oh had to God. yank me into that one that one was yeah. i resisted watching that as well i'm a i'm kind of like a fuddy-duddy when it comes to some shows <laughs> you know where you know even the some of the star wars stuff i still haven't gotten through it yet and i'm not it's not because it's bad it's just because i'm resistant because i like i like my star wars a certain way i like my star trek a certain Mm -hmm. way you know so hey we've run really long on you folks and i apologize for that but that was fun um, no thank you so much emily thank you so much for coming back epi it's so nice to meet you and to have you here yeah yeah you guys are doing games and you want to you want to come back and talk games again anytime we'd love to have you yeah absolutely yeah yeah thank you excellent You know, the one thing that I forgot, if I recall, to really ask, just in context, since we are coming up on Gen Con, is um, they develop. I mean, these are two that that are game developers. And we've talked with a lot of game developers. Yeah, Yeah. oh, yeah. And game managers and so on. Mm -hmm. But as game developers, there's just a type of creativity that I haven't. Yeah. I don't. I haven't. I don't know if I have that. I don't want to say skill set because it's almost sounds too analytical because developing a game, I think is a mix of the analytic and the artistic. Right. Um, and I really wanted to kind of find out. Um, I know they weren't traveling this year yeah, um, yeah. to it, but if they had any kind of some plans that, that, and we never asked for spoilers or anything. That's just our, our shtick. We don't, mm-hmm. um, but just to see if, the, if they had anything like coming for, um any of the other cons or anything like that releases or whatnot just because i'm fascinated by their their portfolio of what they've each of them has developed over over the years yeah it's it's such a good point brad because 
like I think back to our conversation with them and like everything was, oh yeah, I remember back when I created this game, back mm -hmm. when I created that game. And it, and it just seemed, and I, I realize it's not effortless, but it just seemed so effortless. And to demonstrate, to reiterate the depth of creativity that you're talking about, that both Emmy and Epi you know, manifest regularly, personally, professionally. I want to just remind everybody of something Epi said. We have heard, we have heard and learned all kinds of truly, honestly, fascinating things over the past couple of years. Almost 100 episodes, everybody. Just a couple of ways. I know. Where, I think I know, you know where, where this going. is going. We're talking yeah. about this off air. Yeah. Um, but this one so struck me. This observation in life so struck me that as soon as epi said it while we were recording i wrote it down because i knew i wanted to call it out so i think before we transition over to the gm corner i think there is sage advice here if you recall in our conversation epi provided the life lesson what weapon are you optimized for is best saved for the second date? Or in the case of us, never to be used at all. Never to be used at all. Yeah. Not because we're tactful, but because oh, no. there weren't no. second dates. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, just, yes. just in, in case some new listener doesn't yet know us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As we've said multiple times, how we have been able to find how we were able to find spouses is right. one of those that one of those questions that I think would have given Carl Sagan himself um, fits trying to figure out. So, you know, cause that some... is, that was a, that is a cosmic illogical, cos you know, not even some, a some things in the cosmos, Brad are ineffable or unexplainable. So now that we are dropping this right after Gen Con, it's kind mm -hmm. of a good question to ask. So what we'll start with you. What's been going on? What's been on your desk in the in the GM corner or other? Yeah, well, you know, you really I mean you you beat me to it. Um so this is dropping the day after Gen Con mm -hmm. and the day after Star Trek Las Vegas. Yes. Two things big on our radar. Now we've never attended either of them. I, you've never been to a con of any kind like me, right? We, we, no, no, never have. Um, may, maybe in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe in the future, but we never have. And so, we are fourth wall peeling away because I, you know, we never do that. So no. we'll make an exception. Um, we are recording this the day before Gen Con and uh, STLV start. Right. And it's dropping the day after. That's just that's our schedule right now yeah. uh, as we as we get in sync with everything looking forward into the fall. Um, so you asked, Brad, what's on my desk right now? Well, I could talk about something a whole lot, but you're probably going to. I will instead. No, no, say, start, start. Well, start, I was, I, well I, I'm not going to say much about it now. Okay. Um, be, well, actually, I'm not going to say anything because I think you're going to go there. Instead, I'm just going to say. This is dropping this the day after we're recording it the day before. I'm very curious what is going to be announced mm. at Gen Con at STLV. Now, I don't expect there to be much 
announced. There might not be anything new announced uh, at Star Trek Las Vegas, in in part because we are amidst the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes. And so nothing's happening right now. Um, plus, uh, as we record, tomorrow is Season 2, Episode 9 of Strange New Worlds, Subspace Rhapsody. Yes. The first, yes, the first musical episode ever of Trekdom. And on the one hand, I think that sounds like a terrible idea. And on the other hand, I am so looking forward to it. And I believe we've both already pre-synced the album download that they're yep. releasing. <clears throat> Excuse me for that. So, um, you're the one that, that you're the one that showed me that is the that coolest you, yeah. thing. Yeah. So, and thank you, trekmovie.com. Right. Thank you. Uh, uh, Lori and Tony and all of those with you for alerting the world to this super cool. Um, I know what I'm going to be listening to because I'm get tomorrow because I'm getting up in the morning, grabbing my coffee, going downstairs to watch the episode in peace and quiet. Uh, so uh, I'm just curious if anything will come of STLV of interest. Uh, maybe some of the panels from producers. There are going to be a lot of producers there. Uh, mm -hmm. Like maybe there'll be something said or hinted about Prodigy. Who knows? Gen Con. Well, man, I mean, you know, we, we've never been able to say this before. We know a bunch of people at these various yeah. companies who are going to be there. I mean, friends of the podcast from Modifius, from Green Ronin, um, you know, we wizards, we, we, wizards, right? We've we've got yeah. our eyes on what's coming from Chaosium, and don't even get us started on Traveler. So, I mean, we are so fortunate to have talked to so many of these fascinating, wonderful people, and like, I mean, Gen Con, that's like the geek fest of the world annually. So, I'm just kind of retrospectively or prospectively, depending on. Well, here's you know, here's a question for the for the people that actually listen um sorry what yeah exactly mm -hmm. um gen con versus comic-con and i know that's that's the i don't I, there's no opinion because neither partially of us either overlapping magisteria like a venn diagram yeah well i'm just trying to think is, is are there because you like said it's the height of geekdom and i'm like i wonder if people would oh, argue with comic-con yeah you i you stand know. corrected you are i don't know i no, don't know I think... no you you by numbers i believe sdcc comic -Con. is gargantuan yeah 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 because well, like like we've talked like aaron and i right dr aaron and i and, and you and the three of i like I started questioning, okay, so like next year, would I consider going to a con? Um, I don't know. You and I have to talk more about that because well, you asked me if well, I we've go talked, to one. we've talked about, we've yeah. talked about Gen Con 2024. It's just, yeah, there's, we, we are still at a point in our lives where our kids are just young enough that they tolerate going on trips with us and doing things with us. So during summers yeah. when the kids aren't in school and everything, we have to take every opportunity possible so yes, it, yes. The, the goal the goal is to go it just may not necessarily work out until our kids are fully frustrated with us and don't want to hang out with us anymore yeah so it which, Although, which is a you know i mean they never will be we have we have great kids but you know they'll get to college and they'll do their own thing and, yeah you know. although i'll say this live on air even though it's going to drop in several days um i think there is a legitimate chance i'm going to end up going 
whether I have to pay my way or not, I don't know. But I think there's a really legitimate chance I might end up going to Comic-Con next year. In SD? Yeah. Yeah. So if Aaron and I end up going, if you're interested, we'll I all might, go. I might tag along. Because you and because Aaron and I could do the thing you're, for the you're book. Doing and, the, you're doing the book, and I can And you and I could do the thing for Dyson Light. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm actually, yeah. We haven't even gotten to mine, and, I, and I'll just briefly mention something. Oh, yeah, we've yeah. Got a, but I was just going to say, so I have a great deal of respect for Aaron. That's why I'm okay with calling him Dr. Aaron. I don't have to call you Dr. Jason, do I? I really never have. No, I'll call you, I'll call you, I'll call you, I'll call you doc once in a while. You call Um, me all kinds of inappropriate things, but fortunately (laughs) we're, we're recording. So for a little while, I'm I'm talking from that. I'm taking, I'm taking, no, 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 I, you know, I, I guess it was a joking (laughs) question and then it became serious and then it completely went off the radar. Okay. So, well, all I was going to add is, is two things because there's, I have a bunch and I'll hit them in subsequent episodes. One, um, I did post, I got the Marvel multiverse core rule book. Um, done by Matt Forbeck. I Very got that cool. tonight. Very cool. Came in. Haven't had a chance to look at it because it literally came in. And then about 15, 20 minutes later, I needed to get downstairs here for us to record. And then um, our side project yep. that we developed. Um, so as I as Which we went have said, live. Yep, it will have gone live by the time you heard it. Star Trek New Voyages. We are using... Um, the Modifius Captain's Log solo Star Trek adventure role-playing game. It's outstanding. And oh my God. it is a solo role-playing game, yep. but you and I are rolling together to generate yep. fiction. And you'll hear yep. it. We have yep. a we have a special episode that dropped earlier. Mm-hmm. Point being is um, we're telling the story of Trek through the logs of its crew. And this is actually, we're rolling. We mm-hmm. are rolling together yep. using the probability matrices from the book yep. and we are crafting a narrative around that and so it is both fan fiction and role-playing but we're flipping it around you all are only privy to the story through the logs through the lens of the captain and the senior staff yep so um they're out on if you check out our prior episode special episode that release that Jason you put together for us. It's a little 15 minute talks a little bit about it and you can hear actually the uh, episode zero teaser and uh, first log from Captain Ottman. Yeah, you're doing all the production, you know, so um, check those out again. They're out on TikTok and on YouTube. You can search for us dice and mind all one word. Um, But there's other stuff on my desk, but that's for another day. There's just too much going on. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for being here. Please uh, check out what we call our Trek Talks. And uh, it's also available on YouTube. Don't worry. You don't have to actually use TikTok if you don't want to. Uh, We will see you in another couple weeks. Be well. Stay well.